Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. repetition of stress cycles produces fatigue, often leading to fractures. And so airplane spars, steel cables, locomotive axles, even bridges become unsafe. Stress can also make the human mind unsafe. Today, we place our radio microscope against a human subject and examine closely the strange emotional turmoil that leads But let me say no more. The story will tell itself. Lavinia, has something happened to Peter's mind? I'm not sure I like the influence of those people, Mr. and Mrs. Diedrich. He's very happy with them, George. Sees them every day. But that strange look in his eyes. Have you noticed it? It's not right. There's something unhealthy about the whole thing. drama, Maud Evelyn, adapted from a story by Henry James, was dramatized especially for the Mystery Theater by G. Frederick Lewis and stars Paul Hecht. Peter Harkness was in trouble and didn't know how to cope with it. You see, Peter had inherited money. Not a lot, but enough to keep him from striking out on his own, making something of himself. He had the charm, the wit, the education, suitable for a well-brought-up young man, but gumption? No. For the tenth time in ten weeks, Peter had proposed marriage to Lavinia Dane, and for the tenth time, Lavinia had said, No, Peter, no, no, no. I heard the first no. When I marry, it's going to be someone I can look up to, who has a a, a purpose in life and work to do. I've tried all kinds of jobs. I know that. When you decide on one certain ambition, and you concentrate on that and nothing else, then come and ask me to marry you. Is that your last word? For now, yes. Then I'll tell you mine, Lavinia. But not for now. For always. I swear to you, if I don't marry you, I will never marry anyone else. Cheers, George. Cheers. Well, say goodbye to me, George. I'm leaving London. Wish me luck. Wish me well. Peter, is this why you asked me out for a drink? To talk nonsense? Only the day before yesterday, you asked me to wish you luck. You were going to marry my sister. Yes, well, I've asked Lavinia ten times in ten weeks. And she always says no. Well, so you ask her eleven times. I thought you were crazy about her. I'm going away, and that's that. 
I've got myself a job with a travel agency that handles private tours of the continent. I'm due to leave for Switzerland and Rome on Saturday with a middle-aged couple. Very ordinary, very nice. I've met them, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Diedrich. Uh, so you're running away. Oh, no, no, not at all. Lavinia wants somebody with a purpose and a future. Besides, if I'm out of London and she can't see me, perhaps absence will make the heart grow fonder. You, Peter Harkness, five years at Eton and four at Oxford, a travel agent? <laughs> Not even that. A nursemaid for the middle age to wish to be led by the hand from the Jungfrau to the Colosseum. <laughs> well, at least you're laughing about it. And everything's a joke to me, except Lavinia. And then Lavinia, he said to me, everything's a joke to me except Lavinia. Now, what's wrong between you two? Well, there was never very much right with us, that's all. He was pretty wild-eyed when we left the pub. You don't think that he might do... Oh, something desperate because I won't marry him? No, I'm afraid not. You see, that's the real trouble. Peter's not given to desperation. And he's too influenced by the easy way and the kind word. And that's not the kind of man I'd like to have for a husband. Peter, you look fabulous. Have you gained weight? When you phoned and said, I'm ill, I, I didn't know who you were. Well, what's it been, eight weeks? Yes, after Switzerland, we did Rome, then Naples, Florence. I had quite a time dragging them away from Venice. Oh, spare me. Look, I can't stand these darn birds. Pigeons scare me. Do we have to meet in front of Peter Pan's statue here in the garden? But I like to feed them. Oh, Peter, this is a hangout for children. Well, at any rate, tell me about your trip as travel nursemaid. Oh, they're wonderful people, the Diedrichs. You haven't any idea how well they treated me. Like a son. The people like that, well, you don't meet every day. They, they were devoted to you. Yes, and, and elsewhere. Well, I'd like to meet them. Will you introduce Lavinia to them? Oh, no. Why not? You like them. You and Lavinia are engaged, aren't you still? I'll never marry anyone else. That's a foolish, negative thing to say. If you're serious about working at this travel business, I'm sure she'll think twice about saying no again. You think if I asked her now, she'd say yes? Yes, I do. She should have said it before. Before what? I'd rather not say. Before you met these Diedrichs? Uh, people like that, well, they made a profound impression on me. I'll say that. Have you seen them since you returned to London? Oh, yes, yes, I have. And what are they? Well off? Or is he retired? What are they like? They live for Maud Evelyn. Maud Evelyn? <laughs> well, who is she? Their daughter. Unfortunately, they've lost her. What do you mean? I mean, a great many people would take it that way, but they don't. They won't. Other people would have given her up? Is that what you're trying to say? Yes. Perhaps even tried to forget her. But the Diedrichs can't. Oh, they... Well, do they keep in touch with her? Communicate? All the while. Why? Isn't she with them? She is. Now? Since when? Last year. 
And why do you say they've lost her? Well, I'm the one who calls it that, but I don't see her. They don't want you to see her, is that it? How can I? I think, George, I think I've told you all I'd like to for now. Would you mind very much if I concentrated on feeding the pigeons? Lavinia, I don't know what to make of Peter. I had the most peculiar conversation with him right by the statue of Peter Pan in Kensington Gardens. I mean, have you seen him since he's back from his conducted tour? Oh, yes. <laughs> Didn't you find him strange? I mean, has something happened to his mind? These people, these... Diedrich... He's very happy with them. You can tell it by just looking at him. He's over at the house in Westbourne Terrace every day. That's not right. There's something... I don't know. Unhealthy about the whole thing. Would you promise me, in case he should want to introduce you to them, promise me to refuse to go? Oh, wouldn't you go to meet them either, George? No, never. But why? Aren't you curious? Well, I can't explain it. If I believed in Satanism, I might say theirs as an evil influence. George, did he tell you about this Maud Evelyn? He was very evasive about it. And mysterious, I thought. I said there was a daughter, but there seems to be something the matter with her. Do you know what it is? The matter with her is simply that she's dead. What? When did she die? Oh, years and years ago. She was 14, I think, a little girl. Isn't that the impression he gave you? Well, he had this peculiar look. He... He said that she was always with them. But do you understand what he meant? Well, the Diedrichs live for her memory. She's with them in the sense that they think of nothing else. But what could be his interest in a little child? Well, it appears that she's a lovely little thing. Peter? <laughs> Our Peter is interested in a little girl in a pinafore. Oh, I think she was older when she died. Perhaps oh, 16 or 17. Every time he tells me, he adds a year or so. Do you know what he told me? That the Diedrichs are in touch with this deceased child. They, they communicate with her. Oh, but they do, in a way. They go in for mediums and spiritualists, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, Peter, does he go with them to these seances? Oh, no. Uh, ask him to show you the girl's photograph. He carries it with him. He goes around showing pictures of a young girl he never knew. Oh, I had a feeling I was right. He... He's possessed in some way. George, what if I'm also possessed? Or at least affected? By a photograph of a child? Not the beauty of the face. I, I don't mean that. Well, Lavinia, obsession is obsession. It's dangerous. No, I, I don't mean it in an ugly way. But the whole thing, you see, the, the attitude of the parents, the, the way they've made the girl's memory almost a religion. I think that's what Peter came to tell me yesterday. Not to ask you to marry him again? No. Believe it or not, George, I think Peter has found something as important to him as I was. <laughs> Oh, 
Sir, I wish you would come inside with me. Mrs. Jex has made me feel so very close to your dear Maud Evelyn. Mrs. Diedrich, I feel very close to her without having to... Well, it's, it's, it's hard for me to say. Well, do you have some superstitious feelings about a psychic? Oh, no, no, not at all. You don't believe in them bringing word from the other side? Mr. Diedrich wasn't able to accompany me today, so I've asked you to come with me. Now, will you? Uh, they'll open the door in a minute. Um, I'm Mrs. Diedrich. I have an appointment with Mrs. Jex. May we come in? Oh, do it for me, Peter. Maud Evelyn's mother. There's nothing to be afraid of. You'll see. In this house, there is no death. Life continues always. Thank you. Thank you. You needn't show me the way. I've been here many times before. Come, follow me, Peter. Now, oh. There is where she is. That's Mrs. Jex. She's sitting behind that long table, leaning back in her chair. Is she alive? Very much so. She's waiting for us. She's in a trance. Here. You take that chair, and I'll sit in this one. Now, the first thing we do is to light these three candles on the table. I... I have a match. Go ahead. Light all three. That's right. Mrs. Jex. This is me, Mrs. Diedrich. I brought with me today... My husband could not be here. So I've asked this wonderful young man you've heard us speak to about. He's the one who cares so much for Maud Evelyn. He's sitting beside me now. It would appear that Peter Harkness is falling under some spell which is obliterating all but fantasies from his mind. Would that he could but remember those words of Edgar Allan Poe. All that we see or seem is but a dream within a dream. I shall return shortly with Act Two. Had anyone said to Peter Harkness six months ago... One day, you will be stepping into the parlor of a psychic to please the mother of a little girl you have never met who died when she was in her early teens. He might have said, But why? I want to marry Lavinia Dane. What should I do at a seance? Let us listen. Perhaps we may understand what Peter Harkness cannot. Mrs. Jicks, I am Mrs. Diedrich. I brought with me a young friend who also wishes to communicate with Maud Evelyn. Let the quietness and twilight fall around you, Mrs. Deeply. Do you have any word from my daughter today? She has much to say to you and to the young man. Mrs. Dietrich, is this medium a woman? 
she sounds like a man. It is her guide poking through her. Her guide? Sir Walter Scott. He communicates from the other side. I sense disturbances of the soul. Oh, no, no, not at all. I, I was just explaining. Please, go on, go on. This unfamiliar spirit seated beside you, Mrs. Diedrich. I read his aura. The physical, the mental, and spiritual auras. I sense they all go to make up an entity whose name is Peter Harkness. That's fantastic. I've never told Mrs. Jacks a word, not a word. She didn't even know you were coming. I assure you this Peter Harkness is a true friend. A like spirit and can be trusted completely. Uh, Sir Walter, do you have any message for me from Maud Evelyn? Has she been taking care of herself, not getting into any drafts? Maud Evelyn is very happy. She asked me to say to you, she will have something of importance to reveal when you come for your next city. Something of importance? Oh, couldn't you ask her to give me a clue now? Please. It has to do with Peter Harkness. I knew it. I felt it all along. For weeks now, I've been sensing her presence very strongly. I have only this request from your daughter, Mrs. Dietrich. And that is to be sure to bring Peter with you at the next city. Oh, yes, I will come. I'll be here. Tell her that. That is good. We shall try for the transmutation of your mind, Peter, to contact the invisible world around you. I've so much to tell you, I hardly know where to begin. I seem to be going in all directions at once. That's why you always come here, isn't it? Uh, to Kensington Gardens. Right here, in front of the statue of Peter Pan. I've never thought why. It seemed a natural thing to do, to meet you here. Always has been. Some people might say you're identifying with Peter Pan, the boy who didn't wish to grow up. What are you talking about? Oh, never mind. Another time I'll go into it. I'm glad to see you, Peter. You look well and prosperous. <laughs> and a little fat. You must be eating well. Well, they've adopted me. The Diedrichs. Mrs. Diedrich is an excellent cook. Mm, it shows. They are the simplest, kindest, yet most original and unusual people. Well, if they've taken a liking to you, that speaks well for them. Do you have friends in common? Or whom do they know here? No one but me. They keep to themselves, but... Oh, they are extraordinary people. They have certain beliefs which may seem strange to others. That is what, Peter? We sensible people are not supposed to believe in the existence of what we cannot explain, yes? Am I right? I suppose so. In fact, before I went to Switzerland and Italy with the Diedrichs, I, I couldn't abide anything I could not understand. I, I disliked the mysterious. You see, what I'm getting at, Lavinia, is that in the past few weeks, Mrs. Diedrich has been taking me to her spiritualist. 
a Mrs. Jacks. Well, I thought you didn't believe in that sort of thing. I didn't. But this lady spiritualist is, is, is incredible. Her guide, who speaks through her from the other world, is Sir Walter Scott. Lee, Sir Walter Scott, the Scottish author? Oh, no. Yes, and, and, and he carries messages to us from Maud Evelyn. So, well, the three of us have become quite close. Do you, do you understand? <laughs> Frankly, not a word. But I'll certainly listen to you. M- Mrs. Diedrich and myself and Maud Evelyn... Well, we share at least an hour, sometimes more, each day. Each day? Well, you spend quite a lot of time with this spiritualist. Yes, a lot, but not enough. I'm training myself to become a better instrument, and then I won't need any guides or or mediums. More Evelyn will come to me herself, directly. I have such very strong feelings for her. For a child who died many years ago. She's not a child. Believe me, Lavinia. Maud Evelyn is no child. George, do you know what Peter has now made himself believe? About the deceased daughter of the Diedrichs. He thinks he knew her when she was alive. But that's not possible. You know that. Uh, And he speaks of her as if she wasn't a child, but she was quite grown up. Well, I don't know. Her imagination leaves off and madness begins. Well, he he tells me stories, happenings they shared, conversations he had with this girl, what she used to say, what they did together, places they went. She's more real to him than reality itself. His mind is is full of Maud Evelyn. Lavinia, do you think Peter has gone mad? No, I don't. I can't. It's all too beautiful. Lavinia, don't tell me you're becoming infected with this preposterous theory. It is a theory, George, but not really so preposterous. How can you talk like that? If he has caught this contagion from the Diedrichs, I hope you're not going to catch it from him. I don't know if I should tell you this, George. Peter said to me yesterday he was in love with Maud Evelyn. Lavinia, do you honestly feel that he is entirely sane? When he tells it, and and you see his eyes so filled with love, it, well, it, it takes your breath away. It's that beautiful. It's pathetic. A young man of 25 talking about his love for a 15-year-old who's dead... Who he's never met. All of a sudden, she's not 15. She's 16, 17. How can he be rational? How can her parents be? But don't you see? If Maud Evelyn was older when she died, then her mother and father have more of her to remember. So they fabricated that as well. No, they believe it. As I would if I had to. You see, this way, the girl had more of a lifetime. Oh, yes, I know. They invented it. A a whole experience for her to to talk about and share. Maud Evelyn growing up, being older, meeting Peter, their friendship. For Peter to be enmeshed in all this because he's weak or poetic or whatever. Well, that scares me. Well, they need Peter. And they want him for their daughter. I wanted you and Peter to be married once. Lord, how long ago that seems. I wanted that, Lavinia. 
Now this nightmare. And you're encouraging him in it. I told him I believed him. In, in all the years I've known Peter, even in those days when he was proposing marriage, even then, I have never seen his whole being light up with such devotion as it does when he speaks of her. Oh, it's all very well for you to talk of being sane and sensible and rational. But to see such happiness in someone in this very ordinary and grey world... Well, I, I, I'm glad to be a part of it. I don't deny it. I am glad, George. George, you all right? Your eyes will get accustomed to the dark. I really appreciate your coming with me at, at the last minute like this. Oh, no, not at all. Lucky I ran into you on Westbourne Terrace. Well, how often do you and Mrs. Diedrich visit this swami? Oh, she's no swami. Her name is Mrs. Jex. She's a medium of the first order. Oh, Mrs. Diedrich will be very disappointed. She hates to miss a single sitting, but... Well, Mr. Diedrich is really quite ill, and she couldn't leave him. I'm, I'm glad I didn't have to come alone, really. Well, this is the first time I've been to a psychic. Does your Mrs... Jacks do table wrappings or tea leaf readings or what? George, don't be such a cynic. She's a medium. Through her, we get news from the other side, brought to us by Sir Walter Scott. Come now, Peter, you're having me on. Now, we must remain quiet. I like these three candles. And the seance will begin. Jacks, would you ask Sir Walter to come to us, please? Mrs. Diedrich could not accompany me, so I have asked an old friend to share with me this journey into the infinite. Do I say anything, Peter? No, no. I am ready for the transmutation of the mind to contact the invisible world around me. Peter Harkness. You are standing at a golden gate that will open your mind to a larger, greater field of consciousness. Yes. Yes, I am. That woman's not saying those words, Peter. Her lips aren't even moving. It's a trick. George, please. Limits there are none. As you climb the hilltop, when you reach the summit of your hill, you will find your dreams guarding the topmost peak. Oh, yes. Yes, Sir Walter. I shall. I shall. That's not Sir Walter Scott. George, please, I beg of you. The sun will set. The quietness and twilight will fall around you and your own. Your beloved Maud Evelyn will speak. It's a fake, Peter. Look at this wire in my hand. I've pulled it out. There's someone in another room speaking into a microphone. It's a farce. I'll thank you not to walk along with me, George. I have nothing to say to you. Oh, Peter, are you angry with me because I unmasked the terrible fraud? You had no business interrupting the seance. 
You were a guest in that house. You saw the wire in my hand and the voice suddenly stopped. And what do you think that was? Well, yes, of course the guy had stopped with your behavior. Oh, it's too ridiculous, Peter. Now, 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 which way are you going? That's not the street to your house. To Westbourne Terrace. That's where I'm living now. With the Diedrichs. That's right. With them. Uh, what will I say about your shameful behavior? Supposing Mrs. Jacks calls her or, or, or writes her a note. She won't say anything. She'll be afraid to. It would ruin her business. London is full of charlatans who prey on people's loneliness. Oh, that this should happen today of all days. I, oh, I feel ill. Oh, Peter, calm down. It's not the end of the world. Well, I wish it were. But what did you mean? Today of all days. Today is the anniversary of my blessed engagement. I hadn't realized. You mean to my sister, Lavinia? What are you talking about? I mean my true engagement to Maud Evelyn. We talked about stress, emotional fatigue, which can cause a breakdown in the human psyche as surely as if it were a rubber band stretched beyond its tolerance. That's one possible explanation. Yet... Who is to say that an imaginary world is not a greater refuge than the world we know? Henry James has created three people, Peter and Mr. and Mrs. Diedrich, for whom fantasy is the only reality. I shall return shortly with Act Three. a treacherous high wire act balancing on that fine thread that joins the finite to the infinite. And George is at the perilous midway point in his attempt to rescue Peter from falling to where no net can catch him. Did you say, Peter, that today is the anniversary of your engagement to Maud Evelyn? That's what I said, George. It was inevitable. From the very first moment when I met Mr. and Mrs. Dietrich, when when I sat with them to plan their trip, they recognized me as as the right person. You were the right person? Yes, to become their son-in-law. They wanted her so much to have experienced, well, everything. Did, did I ever show you her picture? She has a child's face. So Maud Evelyn became engaged to you. Why don't you come with me now, George, to Westbourne Terrace? No, no, I'd be intruding. Yes, there's a whole suite they prepared for our marriage, and they've kept it just the way it was then. All, all our wedding presents are there. I'd, I'd love you to see them. But what would Mr. and Mrs. Diedrich say? We have two rooms full of wonderful furniture and bric-a-brac. You know how important those things can be. I had quite a hand in selecting them. I can remember every single thing dearest Maud Evelyn said about how I arranged everything. No one else could possibly have made our little house so beautiful. She said that. Well, Peter, not today. Forgive me. I, I'll come some other time. I thought you said George would be meeting us here, Peter. We've been sitting here for ten minutes. Do you think you'll come? Oh, Peter, 
Will you forget those pigeons for a moment? Look how smooth the bronze rabbits are worn at the bottom of the statue. All the children love Peter Pan so much they climb all over him. Lavinia. You don't have to say it, Peter. You know? I can see you're wearing a black armband. You don't have to tell me any more. I understand. Uh, hello, Lavinia, Peter. Oh, there was such a traffic jam at Marble Arch, I thought my cab would never get through. Oh, I- I've only been here a few minutes, George. It's been too long since the three of us were together. I... I'm afraid I have something infinitely sad to tell you both. I see that. I hope you've lost no one that I know, Peter. He has lost a wife. Your wife? I didn't know you had a wife. The more we live in the past, the more times we find in it. I live in the past, too, Peter. But I hope, sister dear, not with the result of making such extraordinary discoveries. You see, her parents wanted it for her, wanted it so much. So, well, it worked out. We married. Maud Evelyn did have all her young happiness. You married? The marriage did take place. Ah, so now you're a widower. And the black armband is signed. I shall wear it always. But when she died, I mean, uh, wasn't that years ago? I mean, Peter, isn't it a little late to have started to wear black? I had to wait until all the facts of my marriage gave me the right. Now, if you'll excuse me, I must go. They're waiting for me. They become quite anxious if they don't know where I am. It's almost beyond me, all this. I thought he was never going to marry anyone else but you, Lavinia. He won't. Not ever. He'll still be faithful. To you? To Maud Evelyn. Oh, it's a sickness. If it is, it's a beautiful one. I wish I could make you understand. A man cannot go on from day to day with one foot in this world and one foot in another. It can't be stopped. That's the way he is. Yes, it can. I want to remove Peter from this whole environment. Westbourne Terrace, the Diedrichs. Take him somewhere to give him time to think things over, to realize what a wasteland he's making of his life. Take him by force? If need be, yes. Now, you remember Dr. Medwin? Frank Medwin, who was at Oxford with Peter and me. Now, I'm going to put this whole strange case before him and ask him to help. George, you're making a mistake. Peter will never be parted from his dream world. I can't begin to tell you how delighted I am you both have come to visit me here in Westbourne Terrace. Now, Mr. and Mrs. Diedrich occupy the entire top floor. Uh, They're out at the moment, so we'll have the whole place to ourselves. And, well, I can show you the wedding suite as we've kept it all these years. All these years? Uh, How long have you known the Diedrichs? Uh, Since last spring, no? George, don't keep pinning him down. Uh, You go ahead and and show us everything, Peter. We want to share it with you. Wait till you see. Oh, it's a treasure house. I furnished a lot of it myself. I felt nothing was too good for her. Uh, It's these two rooms, the the wedding suite. Uh, There they are. Oh, Peter. 
Nikita. It's lovely, charming, tasteful and elegant. A French provincial sitting room and bedroom. Ah, yes, you've hit it on the head, George. That's a Louis XVI chaise longue and a little 18th century fruitwood secretary for her to write her letters on. Oh, I can't take my eyes off the armoire, Peter. Certainly 17th century. I found it in the flea market. Peter, you've done an excellent job of decorating. It was for her. It was for us. Oh, I like that old cotton paneling on the walls. Recognize the Tree of Life design? We used to stand under it, Maud Evelyn and I, before we were married, and imagine each branch would be another child. And that coffee service on the small table near the bed. Yes, completely on pier. George, George, wh why are you moving behind me like that? Don't, don't keep getting behind me, George. Why, there's so much to see. Do you, do you like this Victorian love seat? I, I come down here by myself every day and sit there alone and think of her. Oh, and there's my pride and joy. Our bed with lace canopy. It's never been slept in. George! George, what are you doing? Will you let go of my arm? You're twisting it. George, Ow. still be careful. I can't Ow. bear this. Ow. Lavinia, open the bottle quick George. and put some chloroform on the handkerchief. George, Lavinia, please! with with you. No luggage. Where are we going? All right. Do you remember Frank Medwin? Yes, yes, of course. He, he he was at school with us, wasn't he? Be became a doctor. Frank has a rest home in Scotland, and he thought it might be advisable for you to go there for a short period of time. Oh, oh, he did, did he? Well, what did you tell him? That, that I was mad? I, I mean, what right have you to pass judgment on someone and then and then practically kidnap them in the bargain. The right of an old friend who couldn't stand by and do nothing and see you waste your life in an, in an imaginary world run by the Diedrichs. Well, now, wait a minute. They are not running my life. They opened up doors through which I might never have walked if I hadn't met them. <laughs> of course, you wouldn't understand that. Lavinia and I are very concerned about you. Now, you just relax. We'll have a good time up at Frank's place. I understand it's beautiful. I have no intention of leaving the Diedrichs. They need me. Every day. And the moment this train stops, I'm heading back to London. I can't understand whatever made you believe I would go along with this. I think you need a rest, Peter. Time to take stock. Get away from Westbourne Terrace. Well, you've got another thing coming. I thought you were my best friend. I see I was wrong. You are my worst enemy. George, admit it. It was wrong of you. It was wrong of me, too. Peter may not take it kindly, you barging into his house. Well, I've been trying for a month to see Peter apologize and make amends. It was your idea for me to just show up at the front door. Or ring the bell again, will you? I know him and how suspicious he is. He's probably peeking out of an upstairs window and decided not to open the door. Well, he'll open it for you, won't he? Where are the Dietrichs? Don't you know? 
That's why he's sworn never to see you again. Well, what have I to do with them? Well, five weeks ago, when Peter got back from the train ride, both of them, the Diedrichs, had become ill and were taken to the hospital. In 24 hours, they were dead. Well, I had no idea. Why didn't you tell me before? He blames himself. He wasn't here. He thinks they became uneasy and ill because he disappeared. It's taken me weeks to calm him down. And you still don't think he needs medical attention? No, I don't. He's happy in this house. Oh, this museum? To him, it's a shrine, a temple. I I'll ring once more. May we come in and talk to you, Peter? Who... Who are you? Maud Evelyn. I've been waiting for you. Where have you been? Peter? Maud Evelyn? Send that man away. I don't wish to see anyone... Peter, it's me, George. Don't stand out on the stoop, Maud Evelyn, dearest. Come in. Goodbye, George. How are you, Lavinia? Very well. And you, George? Much the same. I'm worried about you now that you've moved into his house. I'm perfectly fine. You've been happy with Peter this last month? Oh, yes. How is he? Very well. He's going into the antique business. I persuaded him to sell some of those antiques. He has quite a flair for that. Does he know you're meeting me today? I owe you an apology for what he said that day, George. Remember? Send that man away. Well, he didn't know who I was. But he was in such a state. I noticed that, Maud Evelyn. Anyway, no, I didn't tell him we were meeting here in the gardens. Why do you suppose he used to come to this very spot time and again to feed the pigeons? He still does sometimes. We sit here at the feet of Peter Pan. But why? He's never told me. And you're happy, aren't you, Lavinia? <laughs> the happiest I've ever been. He still calls you... Maud Evelyn? Yes. Actually believes you are? Yes. Oh, my Lord in heaven. How long can you go on playing this dreadful game? Maud Evelyn, a girl who died in her teens years ago. Remember, he said he would never marry anyone else but me. Well, I've made that possible. You're married to him? Yes. We're married now. Well, what about the names? Didn't you have to give your right name to the registrar? Peter thought it was a good joke, that's all. And you think it's a joke? Acting out the part of someone else. Oh, but I'm not acting. I've only borrowed a name to make a man happy. What do you think would have happened to Peter if that world of his imagination had come crashing to his feet? Do you remember reading your Peter Pan, George? I didn't want to end up like Wendy, who saw Peter less and less clearly as time went on. I could not live in separate worlds and leave him all alone in Never Neverland. Never Neverland.
I think I misled you at the start of today's mystery theater. I warned of breakdowns and tragedies as a result of stress. I'll amend that now and say, this was rather a tale of the virtues of imagination, which in itself can create beauty, justice, and happiness. And isn't that everything anyone could ask for in this world? I shall return shortly. Before I go, uh, let me take a leaf from the author's book. It is imagination's divine attribute that when the real world is shut out, it can create a world for itself. Magically, imagination can conjure up glorious shapes and forms and brighten the gloom of a dungeon. I believe that. Our cast included Paul Hecht, Carol Titel, and Lloyd Batista. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.